Hello, Herd, and welcome to our last show of the week, our Friday show. This is your Herd leader, John Wayne. It's the last show in the world. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that your name? Yes. Because we're introducing ourselves with our names, our my, real names. My name is Megan. Yes. Hi, Megan. <laughs> Megan needs a nap. <laughs> um, yes. So, well, it's not our last show ever, just the last show of this week. It's, it's the Friday it's show. It's time for the Friday to end. <laughs> Hasn't even begun yet. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, so every Friday is our Q&A. Uh, we take questions from you guys on the interwebs. We take them. We steal them in the night. and then No, you give them willingly. And then uh, we research some of those, and if necessary, and compile them uh, usually around... We've... This, Last week we had five. This week we have five. We're kind of just planning the minimum to be five. Um, and then we answer them. We give them back to you with an answer. So, uh, yeah. 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 It's going to be fun. Uh, if you did ask some questions this week, they may not end up on this week. Uh, we're pre-recording a lot of stuff because we're going on vacation soon. So uh, some questions that were asked this week are on this week some questions are going on next week's and some are going on the week after yeah um but if you did ask a question more than likely since we're not getting a whole lot of questions right now you will get it answered if you don't get it answered now it will be on one of the future shows yes in the future but right now in the not future in the present technically we're in the past we're in your past because you're listening to this after we recorded it but right now we're recording it so in your present no in our present your past my brain hurts right now <laughs> we have some questions we have five questions to be exact uh, yeah. to answer and to kind of explore a few of these are for both of us and uh, for kind of our feelings and thoughts on some things and um, a couple are factual uh, informational, uh, and researchable. And I have done that for you. Well, on some of it, I didn't need to do all of it. Um, <laughs> you love research though. I do. If I don't know something or if I think I know something, but want to refine it, I like to, I like to do that. I like to check it out. I like knowledge in my brain. Yeah. Uh, and I love sharing it with you is, which is what we're going to do. So Megan, Yeet. what is our first question? If you can say my <clears throat> name correctly. Magan. Dragon. No. There you go. <laughs> um, Michael Johnson uh, asked, Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Why do some Jedi disappear when they die? He asked it very aggressively on Facebook. It was like, did. I think it was in caps <laughs> or something. Uh, so he really wants to know. Let me try again. Let me <clears throat> take it from the top. No. Why do some Jedi disappear when they die? Question mark. That was my uh, caps voice. <laughs> Uh, now we know. Just sound like the announcer from Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is a good question. And, and actually, uh, a question we have later relates a bit to this. Um, the Jedi that disappear in canon, um, when they die are, uh, Obi-Wan, Yoda, and, um, Luke Skywalker. But in Legends, there are quite a few as well. Yeah, well, in Legend. Here's the thing. So, first off, 
the whole disappearing when dying thing was created to be very mystic and spiritual and very visually yeah. telling that they were passing on in a special way. Yeah. They weren't just dying. They were moving on. Yeah. And so it was a visual way of expressing them being coming one with the force. Also, I'm pretty sure if Alec Guinness actually did fall down and die dramatically, they wouldn't be able to get him back up. That <laughs> yeah, he was old. old. Um, and, and But luckily we got him for all three films. He became yeah. a ghosty ghost. So Ghost boy. Originally, it was created for that. It was to be a visually telling way of them becoming one with the Force. Yeah. And in a lot of instances, because it wasn't exactly always refined as to exactly what was happening or why it was happening or the significance of it. Um, a lot of narrators and storytellers used that as well for other Jedi, because when a Jedi dies, it has to be special because they were Jedis, right? Yeah. Um, so that's where, cause like in force unleashed, every Jedi you kill, there's like this giant force explosion. They don't disappear, but there's, it's something Chew. significant. <laughs> um, it's really, it's very video gamey, but you know, it, it I, hope, I hope when I die, I explode. It'll save you guys the, uh, the trouble of cremating me. We'd have a mess to clean up, though. I'm over there. No over thanks there, for that. She's all around us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that's the simple answer is it was a very visual way of expressing them go, becoming one with the Force and such. So, But what is becoming one with the Force? The reason that um, uh, Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Luke Skywalker are able to do this in the way that they do it, and it is special and significant in their case, mm -hmm. is actually something that goes back to another Jedi uh, being Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn learned the um, secret of immortality. Uh, he was uh, given awareness of it by a shaman of the wills, mm -hmm. um, and we are led to believe that he learned it specifically from the five Force Priestesses. Yeah. Um, his training was incomplete, which is a retcon for why when he died, he didn't instantly disappear, mm -hmm. um, like Obi-Wan did. So Qui-Gon didn't learn how to, we're led to believe how to, uh, keep form, mm -hmm. just consciousness yeah. is, is kind of the insinuation. But, um, at the end of the, uh, uh Revenge of the Sith, you know, Yoda tells Obi-Wan, that he's learned of where Qui-Gon uh, found this ability. And, you know, he basically he's like, look, you know, if if this all fails, we need a contingency plan. So let's become ghosts. <laughs> um, and we see Yoda discover this in the Clone Wars uh, episodes in season six. So that'll be fun to talk, in, talk about a lot more in depth there. So essentially Qui-Gon figured it out, didn't finish his training, which goes on to be a trend for uh, other uh, Jedi. But uh, It's kind of he, an oops. <laughs> yeah, but posthumously he passes it on to Yoda, who passes it on to Obi-Wan, uh, who learns the ability that, you know, that, yeah. that's that. Um, we get great stories of, one, of Obi-Wan communicating with Qui-Gon uh, on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get a great story. Um, and if I, I can't remember if I stated this, this is in the book, uh, from a certain point of view. Uh, if you haven't read it, it's such a good book. So many great short stories compiled into one big, great book. Um, and we're going to talk about a few here. So you have yeah. a great one where we kind of get a communication between old Ben and Qui-Gon. Great stuff. We also get one later that is 
that's from the perspective of Qui-Gon, that story. Yeah. Later, we get a story from the perspective of Obi-Wan as he's dying, as he's becoming one with a force. And it's very trippy, very interesting. Yeah. Um, so essentially what it has to do is giving oneself over to the force fully. And so rather than become one with the force in the sense that you just return to the force, mm -hmm. you retain yourself. So you're so deeply connected with the force that you keep yourself beyond. Yeah. Um and it also kind of explains why Obi-Wan and Yoda, first of all, appear, but maybe appear more often. Because again, in Qui-Gon's story, it seems very strenuous for him to appear to Obi-Wan there. Yeah. It's a lot of work for him to do that. And so that's probably a side effect of not completing his training. Mm -hmm. Do you think he's just like sitting in his forced ghost apartment, just reading up on what he could have done? Just being like, oh who know i would I, I really hope we explore force ghosts Both at some ghosts. point because um heck maybe that's what the john favreau shows about <laughs> just, could be anything it's just a 40 minute episode of uh qui-gon watching what anakin and obi-wan are doing and just face palming the whole time <laughs> just like oh my gosh i died for these dorks um but yeah so it'd be interesting to know we don't know what, yeah. what Force ghosts are up to when they're not ghosting. But obviously Luke has plenty of time to learn this ability, I assume, from Obi-Wan or Yoda mm -hmm. and whatnot. And, you know, so why do they disappear? Essentially, they've learned the ability to become immortal. And George Lucas used the disappearing to be a very physical, uh, tangible portrayal of them dying in a more special and mystic way. Yeah. So hopefully that, that answers your question. Here's a question. Oh, no, a question. Sorry. A question within a question. Do you think, can the Sith turn into Force Ghosts? No. Why? Um, Qui-Gon learned from the Shaman of the Wills that it requires complete selflessness, complete giving of oneself to the ways of the Force. Uh, and that's impossible for a Sith since a large part of fa falling to the dark side is selfishness, taking... Uh, you know, that's the, to boil down the Jedi versus the Sith, the Jedi are self-less and the Jedi, uh, the Sith are selfish. The reason the Jedi failed is when they started to become selfish for, they became selfless for selfish reasons, if that makes sense. They were doing good for the wrong reasons. Uh, from the surface and from the outside, it looked like the Jedi were great and doing the right thing, but really they had fallen very far from the ways of the Force that they were founded upon so yeah uh but no sith cannot uh there was concept for episode seven or eight where they were thinking about having a uh sith force ghost um haunting luke uh but that was thrown out <laughs> just routine <clears throat> just yeah. sitting in his corner do it now um do it, do it. Darth Bane does show up in the Clone Wars in an episode, and this confuses a lot of people, but that is not a Force ghost. Essentially, he captured his uh, his consciousness in a way, digitally, technologically, in a holocron. So it's less of his actual essence, It's and it's more of an AI capture of him. So it's more of a picture of him than him, if that makes sense. Yes. So it's like a digital ghost. He lives on digitally, but he's it's not it's not really him. He can only be as Darth Bane as Darth Bane was, if that makes sense. So he can't be he can't think of anything new as Darth Bane. He can't 
do anything new. He can only do anything and everything that Darth Bane at the time of recording that could do. Make sense? Gotcha. So it's like if you said, okay, you founded the rule of two. Yes. All right. Do you think that's good now? You know, it's like information not found. <laughs> Look, like, it's like that episode of uh, Black Mirror where the lady brings back her dead boyfriend. Also, also played yes. by General Hux. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, that was a good episode. Black Mirror is, is, is great. Um, but yes, so it's him, but it's only him in the essence of yeah. a recording. So it's not him. Yeah. Uh, but yes, so Darth Bane still not a Force ghost. Uh, so as of now, Sith can still not become Force ghosts due to the requirements of becoming one. I'd imagine through sheer spite someone's gonna find a way <laughs> i imagine if that ever does happen that's going to be the rationale is that because <clears throat> just you've got yeah. um like darth scion is called the lord of hung uh not no that's um lord of hunger is darth nihilus lord of pain is darth scion literally this dude lives because he's so angry <laughs> Like, the only, like, he should have died. He should, like, and if you look at him, he's very grotesque. He's barely, like, he's falling apart. He's very zombified. He's only alive because of his hate. That's going to be you in about 50 <laughs> years. Living off coffee and hate. Exactly. Um, Spite. But, you know, I'm sure if one leaned into the dark forces enough, you yeah. could keep a presence of yourself within the force out just, of sheer spite. Just Plagueis coming out of nowhere in Palpatine's throne room. Like, you threw me out a window, you jerk. <laughs> um, but yeah, so two questions. Good. We had uh, we had a sidebar question. But, uh, so hopefully, Michael, you're uh, satisfied with that one. Yeah. With me. All right. So next up, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Uh, from she's, Twitter. She's from Twitter. Yes. Um, well, she's from real life, too, but. We, we know, know her, her from on Twitter. Twitter. Yes. <laughs> She's our number one Twitter fan. Stop copying me. Um, what are your favorite films from each trilogy? Prequel, original, and sequel? Um, Do we want to go in order? I mean, we can. It's it's whatever you want. Because um, we when we talked about our favorite episode on our first main show, yeah. you know, we just talked about Empire. You know, we just agreed that Empire was... We, we, yes. we answered it from... I think more, what do we think is the overall favorite? Yeah. So uh, she she came up with the prequel original sequel, which I like. Yeah. Um, and so it'll kind of be interesting. But I want you to go first so you're not influenced by my answers. Okay. Uh, for, for prequel... I'm gonna say I'm gonna be very. Uh, so not your not the best, but your yes, favorite. My favorite okay. is uh, Revenge of the Sith. I just I really like it. It's mm -hmm. my favorite. That's my favorite prequel. It's the one that I enjoy <clears throat> watching the most. It's I think that's for a lot of people yes. their answer when it comes to the prequels. Most fans can agree that yeah. that's the best of the prequels. Yeah. So um, I also just like watching the deterioration of Anakin Skywalker. Mm. His pain makes me joyful. <laughs> I mean, I kind of say the same things about like Darth Vader and such. It's just the more tragic he gets, the more I love him. <laughs> more pain. Um, so prequel, uh, original. Uh, original. You know what? Yeah, we, we what? Yeah, basically. Well, overall, my favorite of all the movies is. Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. But I also love 
uh, Return of the Jedi. Yes, you do. That was that was the second one I watched. I think. Yeah, because I watched I watched them completely out of order. I watched Empire Strikes Back. Well, it's, of the it's, Jedi, it's very easy to do Return that. Of the Jedi, and then A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And I just I really like it. I love the whole scene. Like the most memorable scene for me as a kid was Leia killing Jabba. Mm-hmm. I love that part. Mm-hmm. It's like yes, fight back. Yeah, the whole the whole um, sail barge skiff sequence is very nice. Yeah. The Sarlacc pit, um, such, is nice. Except for the fact that Boba Fett dies very disastrously. But whatever, he's out there. He's still alive. <laughs> just, just waiting for Disney to confirm. Um, Come on, but he's Disney. alive. Come on, Disney. <clears throat> he will live on my will alone. Um, Guardian of okay, the Okay, so, and then sequel. So, which we only have two. Uh, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Um, no, let's, let's say favorite of the sequel so far. And mm-hmm. then, I don't, she may have asked and I may have forgotten this, but if, either, either way. And then we'll say favorite standalone out of Rogue One and Solo. So, Favorite of the two sequels we have right now? Um, well. The Last Jedi. Like, I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Like, we got a, a great bunch of new characters. Like, I absolutely adore Rose Tico. Mm-hmm. She is my sweet little bab. She will be <laughs> forever in my heart. Um... Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but I loved the characters for one thing, um, and the story. I really liked seeing a little bit more of the back and forth fight between the light and the dark Mm -hmm. in both Rey and in Kylo. Yeah, and also the image of Luke Skywalker throwing a lightsaber behind his head was very funny. Yeah. Um, it had a lot of great humor. Yeah, I remember one of the last times we had kind of finally talked. One of the last times we had said, you know, we should have a podcast was when we were watching The Last Jedi and we kept stopping to talk about things and talk about like yeah. Kylo and Rey <laughs> and, and such. It, you know, it was one another one of those things. It's like, why aren't we recording this? Yeah. Um, and, and that's happened a couple of times when we're watching The Last Jedi where we kind of just, it's either something new or it's like we have to reinstate that. We yeah. love this part or this scene or yeah. kind of that kind of stuff. The whole like parallel of the last few minutes well, with Luke sitting on the rock. All together, so many beautiful parallels yeah. throughout. And some of it's through very great cinematography and others are through, you know, just uh, subtle patterns. And yeah, just overall, the parallels within there are very, yeah. very good. And you know what? As angry as people got, I liked the reveal of... Ray's parents being no one. Like, I think it was fitting. Yeah, I I thought, um, I thought that was better. And I think the message of it doesn't matter where you come from to be great. You know, I think that's so great. And I think people wanting JJ to come in episode nine and undo that really just reinforce this idea that it matters where you come from. It matters who you know, like you can't make greatness, you know? Let me speak directly to the people who were angry about that for a minute. There's no people like that listening to our podcast. Okay. Number one. I hope. 
It's faking in space. Cool your britches. Number two, would anyone really have been satisfied with one answer? Well, let's be honest with What ourselves. would have made sense? That I mean, people like, she's exactly. a Kenobi. I'm like... Not necessarily. You, you realize he died 30... No, 45 years before this. And yeah. Ray's only 19. Yeah. And also, he never had children. You know. Uh, I mean, and then, the love of his life. Yeah, like, what? Did he fall in love with a banth on Tatooine? Like... He was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um... His uh, Twitter handles hash, ha, uh, Bantha Lover seventy nine. <laughs> <laughs> Get um, away from me! Get off the couch. Uh, and then you know the Luke Skywalker thing. I didn't think that would work. And then the whole separated at birth twins with yeah. uh, Ky- like none of it worked because again yeah. she was nineteen and Kylo's like twenty four. Something like that. He's a bit older. Yeah. So. Yeah. None of it would have satisfied me. No, nothing worked more. And then, and yeah. then, all right. Imagine it's imagine it's Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. He left her on a desert planet to Uncar plot. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, so you you guys getting frustrated that oh, Luke's not the hero we grew up to know him as. You know, he uh, so he comes in Episode Eight. He's a hero, but then you realize, oh wait, he left his kid on a desert planet with some you know some junker, and it's like yeah. Then he's not a hero. Like, exactly. Like, I, I think that was the best choice. And and again, the symbolism, the, the importance to, you know, to speak to those people that feel like I'll never be important. I come from nowhere. I am no one. Yeah. You know, to, to speak to those people and say, you can yeah. be great. And that's good. That's, that's good stuff. That's the best way to take a lot of The Last Jedi is, you know, it does not matter where you came from it does not matter what other people think of you like you could be a legend or you could be no one what matters is what you do mm-hmm. what matters is how you react yeah what matters is what you do with the time that you have now yeah the past does not matter as timon said you put the past in your behind you put the past behind you there you go <laughs> that's like right that. yeah Oh, you know, or, uh, you know, Kylo, you know, let it die. Yep. And, and if you ha- kill it, if you have to. And people I took that as, to they're, they're attacking my childhood by saying that, no, what he means is, you know, sometimes you need to let the past die. You yeah. need to let it go. And sometimes you have to get aggressive and kill it so yeah. that you can move forward. Let's be real. I think I've seen it so many times on Twitter, on Pinterest, on all these places. It's a very simple mindset to have is respect the past but embrace the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's all you need to do. When well, you're and at you know, Wars. at the end of the day, you know, the past, the past matters as much as you allow it to, but just because of your past, it doesn't define your future. You know, you define your future. If you're, un- if you're unsatisfied with where, what you've left in the past, then use your present to make a better future. So, but, uh, whole sidebar there but sorry uh, <laughs> we got very inspirational there and that's the stuff that happens when we talk about the last jedi um yeah. but okay so <laughs> revenge of the sith return of the jedi um stop being cute piglet um being very cute the last jedi and now standalone standalone so favorite of the two standalones don't even have. have to think about this one rogue one i love rogue one if just for cheer it my <laughs> yeah he's like, pretty great okay 
I have the Death Star tattooed on my arm. What's going to go under it is I am one with the Force and the Force is with me. Because mm-hmm. I I loved Shirit so much. Yeah. Like Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do without Donnie Yen someday? We're going to be very He's sad. never going to die. No. Because he's one with the Force and the Force is with him. Yes. Donnie Yen's going to come back as a Force ghost and act in movies. There you go. There you go. If you've never watched... The, fir- the first Force ghost actor. Yeah. If you've never watched uh, Ip Man, or Ip Man, whatever, it's... No, it's it's Ip Man. Ip Only Man. Ip Man. If you yes. say Ip Man, get out. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. Like, watch it. If you don't like kung fu movies, watch that movie. It'll you change will, your life. It'll change your life. Like, change, it'll change your view. Uh, so, prequels. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, yes, is the greater of the three. Uh, the Phantom Menace is... A very close second. Uh, I love both of them for different reasons. So it, it, you know, much like you, Rebecca, who asked this question, um, it's very difficult to rank, you know, favorites overall. But, you know, going off of uh, what I enjoy about each one and what means the most, the Revenge of the Sith is uh, an easy winner. And it's just a great movie, greatest of the prequels. It's really where... George Lucas had his stride with a lot of the characters and whatnot, and definitely after watching The Clone Wars, it gets even uh, better. Um, so, you know, that'll be what, that's what's going to be interesting as we watch it uh, together starting next week um, to see how it develops your taste of yeah. Revenge of the Sith. And it, I mean, and it, it does affect the, the Revenge of the Sith, but it, it does go back to you know, its ripple effects are 360. It affects the way you look at Attack of the Clones, the Phantom. It all of it kind of is influenced, and and even past that, it's not just the prequels, but Star Wars as a whole is affected by the presence of the Clone Wars um, yeah. and all of its goodness and greatness. So, Revenge of the Sith, uh, favorite original trilogy is still Empire Strikes Back. Uh, it's just the the peak um of the trilogy and of the saga really it's it's definitive star wars i think um if you want to hear more of our our opinions on that you can watch our art watch you can listen you can watch with your ears our <laughs> first episode on the show the uh, our pilot show where we talk about that a little bit yeah not only is it visually gorgeous it is also just storily storily yes. narratively there you go. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, when sometimes when my brain can't think of the word, it makes up a word. Uh, see, oh, sorry, what? Nothing. Okay. It's a dumb joke. <laughs> Aren't they all? Um, hey. Hi. Shut up. Sequels. The Last Jedi. Yep. Yeah. Um, the Phantom. Uh, golly. Was I supposed to act surprised with that? No. Uh, okay. The Force Awakens is great. I love The Force Awakens. It's a very good movie, and it's especially once you add in The Last Jedi, it becomes greater um, in retrospect, and definitely when you take in some other stories uh, in between the events of the original trilogy and this, you know, it adds layers to Han and Leia and Kylo. All of it just serves to make the story even greater, so you know, this isn't me saying that episode seven sucks and episode eight is amazing. It's just that episode eight is only amazing because of episode seven and uh, subsequent stories. But ultimately, I believe that episode eight 
does a lot more for me in terms of identification with characters, especially with Luke and his uh, journey of failure. Uh, the beauty again of the parallels and of the the journey of Ray and Kylo, kind of sub, kind of subsequently trying to journey and redeem uh, one person and pull uh, to the darkness the other. It's just so it's it's wonderful work, and yeah. so it's it's an easy favorite. Um, and also, we got some great memes out of it. Yeah, Star Wars is full of memes. Every time I'm like putting on pants that are high waisted, I'll just look at John and be like, eh. <laughs> Ben Swolo. <laughs> um, and then standalones would be Rogue One as well. I love Solo. Oh, and if anything, the, the two are neck and neck. Um, and Solo could easily overtake Rogue One given time. I on, I've only seen Solo once. I did not get to ch the chance to do as I normally do and see it multiple yeah. times. I usually see every Star Wars film like four times in theaters. But uh, I only got to see it once this time. Yeah. Also, we had been walking around Disney Springs the whole day. And you fell asleep. I part fell of it. asleep. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Solo is great, <laughs> but it's great for different reasons than Rogue One is great. And again, usually the way I do this uh, when people ask is I say, I look at what makes each one great and what those things are mean to me. And Rogue One just has more of those from the great characters, the great comedy, uh, the great by far the best film, Rogue One, out of all four films that we've gotten from Disney, has been the best to capture Star Wars for me. Yeah. And visually, in terms of, like, it just looks and feels like Star Wars every single minute. You put that alongside Episode Four and any other Star Wars movie, and it just feels right. Yeah. Not to say that the others don't. It's just that Gareth, Gareth Edwards did something amazing uh, with his visual storytelling that makes it just so easily and snugly fit into the saga whereas you know with the with uh episode seven and eight they're clearly newer you know they're clearly um they still fit they they're still star wars and everything but you know they they're just visually newer whereas rogue one yeah it it takes elements of new cinematography but for the most part it feels it feels 30 like years a movies old. from the 70s yeah it feels right out of the episode four era of yeah. filmmaking and such which why can't we do that with more movies like i think rogue one does it beautifully mm -hmm. i think stranger things yeah does great with that i want i want to have another golden age of horror movies for pete's sake can we start making oh, movies be, like the cool. yeah not only that, but it's such a challenge to take on nowadays to be able to do yes. to, to be able to capture a very period specific storytelling yeah. cinematography style with today's technology and today's uh, things. Uh, yeah, which I think Happy Death Day kind of attempted that. Like it was an interesting take on the slasher genre. This isn't my horror movie podcast. Sorry. Yeah, you don't have one yet. <laughs> yet um but yeah so uh rogue one uh, so for me episode three episode five episode eight and uh rogue one and for you episode three episode six episode eight and yes. rogue one so the only difference is our original trilogy choice which for you it's still empire but in the in the overall it's empire but if yes. you're talking specifically yeah the trilogy the original trilogy so yeah 
Um, but good question, Rebecca. Thanks. What's next? Next up is a question from the Wookiee himself, Michael Hansen. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> um, and he asked, what were the other 65 clone orders? Um, so this was one of the first questions we received a while ago. Uh, so this is a great example of we do get your questions. They do go on our list, and we just can't always guarantee exactly when we'll get them based on our recording schedule. Um, so hopefully, uh, Michael, you were patient and didn't look it up, because otherwise, what was the point of asking? But uh, for anyone else also wondering what are the other 65 clone orders, there's actually more than 65 other clone orders. There's actually a total of 150 uh, contingency orders for the Grand Army of the Republic. So we actually only know, well... Your, the question would be rephrased as, what are the other 149? Yeah. Um, I don't know about the 149. I do know of uh, f one, two, three, four, five confirmed uh, contingency orders of the Republic. And so um, we have order number four. It says, in the event of the Supreme Commander, a.k.a. the Chancellor, being incapacitated overall, Grand Army of the Republic Command shall fall on the vice chair of the Senate until a successor is appointed or alternative authority identified as outlined in Section 6. Um, so essentially, if he dies, it goes to his uh, second-in-command, which would have been Masamita if uh, Palpatine had deed. <laughs> Palpatine died. Palpatine. Go for people, Papa Palpatine. Um so that's order four. Order five, in the event of the Supreme Commander, a.k.a. the Chancellor, being declared unfit to issue orders, as defined in Section 6, the Chief of Defense Staff shall consume Grand Army of the Republic Command and form a strategic cell of senior officers until a successor is appointed or alternative authority identified. So technically, this is what the order that should have been put in place when uh, Grievous was killed and the Jedi felt that, all right, the war is pretty much over. This is a, this is the time for Palpatine to step down. Because their whole contingency was, if we kill Grievous and he doesn't step down, then it's a fight. Yes. This was the order that they should have pursued enacting. Um, basically, you know, registering him unfit and removing him from office forcefully, forcefully and uh, responsibilities going to someone else. More than likely, though, the other person it went to would have been on Palpatine's side anyway. So yeah. not to say that they should have done this and it would have worked out great for the galaxy, but technically this is what the Jedi should have done instead of going in and just being like, yeah, we're going to kill you. Because that, that's the interesting thing. They walk in and Palpatine, uh, not Palpatine, uh, Mace Windu's already ready. Like he says, you're under arrest. And like, he doesn't even tell him because Palpatine turns around and says, ah, I assume, you know, Grievous has been killed. He says, he jumps right in. You're under arrest. Yeah. <laughs> so you know not to say that palpatine and the imperial propaganda was right to say that they attempted on his life but they kind of attempted on his life let's be real i don't think that the jedi have miranda rights no well this is why the <laughs> jedi shouldn't be involved church and state should always be separate that i mean that's the lesson of the jedi is you know eventually you pick a master yeah so anyway so uh then we have order 37 yeah there's quite a leap 
Um, so Order 37, capture of a single wanted individual through the mass arrest and threatened execution of a civilian population. Follow-up directives include scenarios for body disposal of civilian casualties and suppression of communications. Whoa. So essentially, <laughs> you know, so say... Uh, all right, so let's go back to the Grievous thing. So let's say they could not find Grievous, but they knew he was on Utapau. Palpatine could have executed Order 37, and it basically means they kill, they threaten to kill everybody unless Grievous is identified, unless Grievous comes out. And then they have subsequent orders Let for... Let Grievous come out in his own time. <laughs> they have subsequent orders for how to get rid of the bodies and how to cover it up. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's the dark and seedy stuff we're, we're talking about. Yeah. So then we have Order 65. We're getting close. In the event of either a majority in the Senate declaring the Supreme Commander, a.k.a. the Chancellor, to be unfit to issue orders, or the Security Council declaring to him or her to be unfit to issue orders, and an, uh, an authenticated order being received by the Grand Army of Republic, commanders shall be authorized to detain the Supreme Chancellor or the Supreme Commander, a.k.a. the Chancellor, with lethal force if necessary, and command the Grand Army of Republic shall fall to the acting Chancellor until a successor is appointed or alternative authority identified as outlined in Section 6. Wow. So, again, going into what should have happened um, when the Jedi uh, felt that the Chancellor had held on to power longer than he should have and that the war's over and he shouldn't need it anymore. This is a, another one where they would have taken it to the Senate and gotten a majority vote to remove him forcibly from office. Mm -hmm. uh, yet again, doesn't necessarily mean the galaxy would have been better off. It just means that legally that's what they should have done. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have Order 66. In the event of the Jedi uh, officers acting against the interest of the Republic and after receiving specific orders verified as coming directly from the Supreme Commander, a.k.a. the Chancellor, Grand Armory of the Republic commanders will remove those offices, officers by lethal force. A command of the Grand Army Republic will revert to the Supreme Commander Chancellor until a new command structure is established. Which it never was. Well, it was. The, the new order established was that the Senate's eradicated and it's... Uh, empire now he so palpatine the is the senate <laughs> um you know wow. that was his whole goal is to get rid of the senate and become the one voice of power in the uh in the galaxy or in in the empire um so yeah and now that's all we know so those are the orders that we do know out of the 150 um it's interesting to think about what the others could have been is it essential not necessarily but uh, all of these things were programmed into a biochip that were was planted in all active clones. So essentially, during the cloning process, um, they were giving a bi uh, biometric chip. So it's it's almost like it's like a skin patch, but it's also programmed in digital. So it's a growth um, on their uh, uh, it within in their head that communicates. Uh, non-negotiable orders, essentially. It's a lot like, um, you know, KGB conditioning where, you know, certain key phrases trigger certain actions and you don't have a choice. This is the Star Wars equivalent of, you know, these orders uh, were programmed in and once given these uh, those key words, then from the correct power, um, then they would act 
regardless of, you know, uh, inhibition, because that was part of the biochip is that it had inhibitors to prevent them from resisting. So that's part of what the Caminoans put in so that they could give them orders in the first place. Otherwise, they would have free thought. So it served both purposes for them to be good soldiers and for them to follow specific orders um, that were not shared very publicly. Um, so, yeah. Hey, John. Hi. Knock, knock. Who's there? KGB. KGB who? We will ask the questions. <laughs> um, but yeah, so hopefully one day we get more. Um, but it's interesting just to see those. Essentially, all of it has to do with um, protecting the Grand Army of the Republic, the, the, the Republic, uh, and the face of the Republic, a.k.a. the Supreme Commander, a.k.a. the Chancellor. I see why it took so long to train the uh, the clones, because those commands are very wordy. Yeah, well, again, that's why it's programmed. The the I'm sure they have a master list somewhere, but for the clones, it's programmed. Just like Commander Cody taking a laminated oh, yeah. little oh. sheet out of his pocket. Wait, which one's like, that again? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's not memorized. It's programmed in, and, and that's what I say. So keywords trigger it, yeah. and it's just like, oh, oh. that's what I got to do now. Order number three was a Baconator with fries. <laughs> you know. uh, probably not. But, um, so yeah. So that's uh, what we know so far of the other clone orders. So, yeah. Good question. I know. All right. So. It wasn't your question. It's Michael's. Uh, uh, Michael. Good question. Yes. You're welcome. Much good. Um, so, Philip Adams, who is another one of our good friends. See. Hi, Philip. Hi, Philip. Tell your mom we said hi. Yeah. He asks, is it actually set in the future? And a long, long time ago is actually R2-D2 reporting history, which yes. I'm excited about this one. Yeah. So the question is referring to Star Wars as a whole in what the whole a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is it actually in reference to. Okay. Leave the music to Tater Tot Tunes, please. Which... You know, shout out to Tater Tattoons for all of our nerd herder music. Thanks. So a uh, this is so this is a quote from George Lucas, um, and we'll re I'll read this and then we'll kind of talk about uh, the essentials of it. None of this is necessarily confirmed. It's all in the way you want to interpret it, but it's really really good stuff. If you if you kind of once you hear this, you can't unhear it. You can't unthink of it every time you see that title card, um, or at least that's what it's like for me. So this is a quote from George Lucas in reference to this. So originally I was trying to have the story be told by somebody else, an immortal being known as a will. There was somebody watching this whole story and recording it, somebody probably wiser than the mortal players in the actual events. I eventually dropped this idea and the concepts behind the wills turned into the force, but the wills became part of this massive amount of notes, quotes, background information that I used for the scripts. The stories were actually taken from the journey of the journal of the wills. Um, Which when I heard that, that is the coolest explanation I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. So essentially um, Star Wars is our entries within the journal of the wills and the wills it is the force. Yeah. The force is the wills. Uh, the tide is the force. The it is the force. The uh, third eye is the force. Um, all of these things. Are... <laughs> what? Is... That's what the chis call it. I know. It's just like. 
the concept of Anakin walking around with a third eye on his forehead. <laughs> uh, everybody's Tien from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yes. Um, but so different cultures, different time periods all have different explanations of the Force, but all have an understanding of the Force. The Force is the pr- most predominant idea, but essentially the Force is the wills, and the wills are the Force. It's it's an interesting idea. Um this comes into play. One cool thing that is I love, and, and so again, we come back to the book uh, from a certain point of view, which again, if you haven't read, please do. Add it to your Audible library, get it on iTunes, buy the book in stores, whatever you have to do, but read this book. Yes. There's a great opener, which as soon as I read this, it's it, that's when I bought the book. As soon as I read this, I was like, this is perfect. So it opens with... A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but then it's interrupted and it, it breaks out into this story of two wills arguing about how to record the story. It is so freaking funny. It's so <laughs> poetic. It's just like, oh my goodness. So wonderful. Um, like literally it, <laughs> the oh. concept is, is, it's, is great. It's fantastic. Um, you know, really out there, but executed yeah. so wonderfully. So, Again, the idea is that this is being read later by someone else from the journey. I keep wanting to say journey from the journal of the wills, uh, which the events of Star Wars was recorded mm-hmm. in the journey of the wills. Originally, that w- the, the opening card was meant to be longer, and it was meant to you know say mention the the journal of the wills, and essentially, yeah. Um, so the wills in canon, we mentioned earlier you know Qui-Gon learned uh the ability of immortality from a shaman of the wills um and so this was sort of this very high prestige holier than holy kind of position of someone who's been connected with the wills or the force um the force priestesses from which he actually learned the ability and from which Yoda and Obi-Wan subsequently learned the ability are believed to be a manifestation of someone who is connected with the wills. Uh, and this all happens on some force planet, uh, which is called the Wellspring of Life. And it's less of a planet or a place you can go more than it is a plane of existence. And so it's really trippy stuff. It's like the Dark Tower series. Uh, it's like a dimension. Yes, I was thinking more like it's the, uh, what's the Doctor Strange thing? the astral astral plane or something like go. that That's so it. it's it's there but not there um it's the space between spaces yeah so whenever you see that now you know you're kind of just imagining that this is a recounting of the events um you know it's being recorded yeah. in this great space journal and you know it would be awesome if like in the future if a movie opens or ends with like the concept of, you know, two beings sitting down and starting to record and they start writing or, you know, telling this or, oh, oh, you know, it'd be awesome if like we're, we open at a Jedi temple and it's all these Padawans around a fireplace and then their master sits down and says, you know, today I'm going to tell you a story or something and, and start a long, t- a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. See, I'm, I'm thinking something very similar to like the Lord of the Rings Hobbit style where, you know, that, um, 
because if you read the book, the book opens and the, the movie gives the idea that when you're reading the book, you're actually reading what Baggins wrote. Mm. And so I think what would be great as an ending and in reference to George Lucas's original idea, even though episode nine would not be the total end of Star Wars. It would be the end of Star Wars as we've come to understand it. What if at the end it has, uh, it says, so you, you know, you open as normal a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, da, 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 movie, blah, blah, blah. And then the end, it just, you have that same kind of similar title and it says the end. And then at the bottom it says journal of the wills chapter one. Oh, oh, mind blown. If my voice sounded weird, I'm sipping on a cup of boba. <laughs> uh, boba Fett tea. <laughs> um, I think that would be a great way to end it and a great way to honor that there is prob- there is going to be more Star Wars. Yeah. And so it's me- it's me- it leads to believe that everything else is, is another chapter. I think that would be so great. And if it... If it's a little confusing to people, they'll get over it. Do it for the fans. Come on. Yeah. Kathleen, I know you're listening. You're always listening. You're our, you're our number one fan. She has bugs Make everywhere. it happen. Um, you joke, but Disney. <laughs> <laughs> we have to move quick. Disney has snipers. <laughs> um, but anyway, so if you want to look more into the wills, uh, it can get to be a very big rabbit trail because there's a, it's really blurred line of legends versus canon. This is one of those things where it's a lot more difficult to sh- uh, to kind of go through each and separate them. But the greatest thing I can recommend to you is if you just have to know now, because it's going to be a few months before we get to these episodes in the Clone Wars, watch uh, Yoda's arc in season six of the Lost Missions of Clone Wars. Uh, there's three episodes that greatly delve into this. Read the, from a certain point of view, and uh, chapter. Uh, get uh, get the book and and read the sections in reference to the wills. Um, and if you're really nerdy, you can get the Force Awakens novelization, which opens with a poem from the Journal of the Wills. So that is fantastic. Which canonizes it. So the the Journal of the Wills is a thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So. <sighs> It's really exciting stuff. It's really nerdy that is, stuff to. That's like such a nerdy thing to be so excited about. Well, like, it's such oh. a it's such a crazy. <laughs> I got goosebumps yeah, talking about it. It's such a crazy, interest. Like this is the kind of giddy Star Wars stuff where it's like, this is this is how you know yeah. it was something revolutionary. Yes. And it's it's these things I co- I come back to to reference George yeah. Lucas is a genius. George Absolutely. Lucas is a phenomenal storyteller. Even if he can't necessarily translate what's in here to out there. Yeah. Like, if he can't translate what he's thinking to words, necessarily. And if there was any, like, question about that, watch American Graffiti. Yeah. Well, and my, great my thing is, you know, I do agree. In, in the prequels, there's a lot that George Lucas touches on mm-hmm. that he had hoped to tell stories of later. Yeah. He flat out says that he doesn't tell them later because everyone would have hated it. Yeah. But he would have done it anyway. But... That was a big reason why he sold Star Wars because he was like, everyone's going to hate what I want to do. Yeah. He he knew that, but he wanted to do it. But the, the fact that he knows that, yeah, he can't translate it as well. He knows that he started some thread lines that he hasn't finished. You know, that's what a lot of people hate about parts of the prequels because there's certain things mentioned 
uh, especially as it pertains to the force that then just go nowhere it seems um yeah midichlorians were never mentioned you know again. the chosen one uh, here and there yeah um well, yeah but but never deeply yeah. um but you know it, it's stuff like that where it's like I, I do get that but i think again that's just a byproduct of him not necessarily being able to translate what's in his mind to to paper into film as well as someone else could um but you know at the end of the day george lucas created star wars created this great phenomenal concept of a galaxy far far away and it's it's it is exciting it's, it's really cool yeah and think about it have it's been many times parodied it's been ripped off super so many influential times. But have you ever seen anything like Star Wars before or after? Have you ever seen anything that really captures the sense of adventure, the sense of belonging, the sense of like even in the fandom, mm -hmm. although there are some who kind of give us a bad name, let's be real. But have you ever felt such a sense of, like I said, belonging or family? yeah like um it's a beautiful thing it, and it's not to say that other fandoms don't have those things or it doesn't exist in any other fandom than star wars but it, it's so widespread though yeah star wars is something special some uh, you know yeah. it there's something about star wars that's just special yeah. uh and i think you, you know like you said you see that in everything of the wake of star wars everything yeah. that it's influenced and rippled into we need to do an episode of Star Wars ripoffs. <laughs> that would be an, that'd that would be a be... long episode too. We'd yeah. have to pick the good stuff because there's a lot. No, we there's have to a do lot. the bad stuff, John. Well, well, the good stuff is the bad stuff. The goodest bad stuff. Okay, so I'm going to show you several films, <laughs> and you decide for yourself what it is. Like what is it? Um, Battlefield Earth was partially inspired by star wars so well no now that now that's not parody necessarily that's no. inspiration exactly. we're, we're talking parody we're talking like robot chicken family guy that kind of i'm those talking kinds about things. like direct ripoffs well even still battlefield earth is it wouldn't be a ripoff necessarily yeah let's be real thumb wars thumb wars oh my gosh thumb wars yeah uh space balls would be a, a ripoff a good, a well done ripoff. Yeah. Uh, you know, not criticizing it. I'd Love call that, that parody. Well, same thing. A, a, a parody is just a well done ripoff. We'll have this conversation off mic because we are running out of time. <laughs> We're not. Oh yeah, we are running out of time. Huh. We can only record for an hour. Beans. All right. Uh, so we can do this. We can. We can get. We this got done this. All right, real quick, fast as you can. Uh, what are a few actors that you'd cast in Star Wars? John, go. But, did you hear me? Did you want to do it again? Slower? Okay. I'm uh, going first. <laughs> Sam Worthington. Yes. Uh, Nathan Fillion. Those are some we've already mentioned. Um, uh, I think, uh, heck, why not Tom Selleck? I love the dude. Uh, oh, Donnie Wahlberg while we're at it. He would make a great law enforcer in Galaxy Far, Far Away. That would be great. He just like walk up to an alien and punch it in the face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell okay. me what I want to know, punk. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna buy some death sticks. <laughs> all right, all right, me, uh, Chris Pratt. I already said that. Um, Chris Evans. No, Chris Hemsworth. I like Chris's. Um, Tom Hiddleston. Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif. Oh. oh, 
that would be great. He would be such a great bad guy in that. I want Ian McKellen. Oh yes, that would he'd make a good ancient. Oh, he could be a good Jedi though. He'd be a fantastic Ooh. Jedi. He'd be a guardian of the wheel. Mm -hmm. uh, Donnie Yen has already been in a Star Wars movie, so I'm pretty happy. Like, I love Donnie. I'm sure there's more that maybe we'll maybe we'll explore this further um, at a later point when we aren't running out of time. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, that that's our questions. Um, and by the way, the last question was one we came up. For, with for each other that'll be something we do every now and then is where we think of a good question to answer and ask each other um and such and of course all of these questions um well except the informational ones but you know tell us your favorite movies uh within the different trilogies um tell us some actors you would cast in your star wars movie yeah those kinds of things and if um you have a question as it pertains to anything in the star wars galaxy then you can find our Q&A posts on Facebook and Twitter and ask us things there. It doesn't, it could be behind the scenes. It could be what ifs, why not, uh, why so's. It could be, you know, about our perspective, our favorite movies, our favorite this, our favorite that. It could be uh, who do you like better, this or that, uh, you know, just anything. Yeah. And um, so, you know, ask us questions. Like I said, we're recording ahead of time for a lot. So, you know now's a good time to ask those questions we're going to kind of stockpile those yeah uh, for future recording and as a kind of last minute semi-promo um i'm thinking about starting a horror movie podcast so if you'd listen to that let me know either on twitter or you know anywhere yeah yeah it would only be like a once a week thing because this is it's a lot mm -hmm. okay so that's it so so yeah, so ask us some questions, and if you missed any shows this week, then check it out. We've finished our second week of full podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, this will be episode 11, I believe, of um, of our show. So yeah. it's crazy to believe. And we just passed 100 likes on Facebook. We're at 33 followers on Twitter. So wow. guys, if you like us, tell people about us, share us around, you know, uh, encourage growth within the community Tell that's your friends. a that's a great way to support us is just to get more listeners we are a herd so we have to be big so uh share us around get us out there um and join in the conversation that's a big yeah. thing so tell your friends tell your mom tell your man man or man woman male person tell your cats tell your cats uh this is a cat friendly podcast as yeah. uh one rests in my lap now so but until next week uh this has been our Q&A and our second week of podcasting with your herd leader, John Wayne. And your herd mom, Megan. And until next time. Bye. May the force be with you.